Not quite Adam. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Graham. I'm the ministry intern here at Aspen Grove. Oh, wow. Man, who paid you? <laughs> so I was, um, I'm originally from Maine. I was just in Maine where it actually snowed two feet recently. So I'm glad to be with you here in the Nashville sun. It feels so much better. Uh, one thing you got to know about me, though, is I am a sports player. I was bred a sports player growing up. Uh, in the fall, I would play football in high school. Uh, in the winter, I wrestled. And in the spring, I played tennis. But by far, my favorite had to be football. But uh, my high school, we had some rough patches, the Westbrook Blue Blazes. Um, we actually didn't make playoffs until my senior year. And that was the first time we made playoffs in over 30 years. So it's safe to say we were pretty terrible. <laughs> but I love football. Actually, one of my good friends that I played with, Trevor Bates, he just got signed to the New England Patriots. So that's pretty exciting. Everyone in our hometown is, is really pumped, cheering him on, hometown hero, you know. But one thing about football, if you've ever played football, um, it's really taxing on your body. There's all kinds of neck injuries, head injuries, right? So if you're going to be on that field and you're going to be flying around, you better be really motivated, really motivated. So I had this lineup of motivational football films that I would watch before every season started. I had, uh, what, Remember the Titans, Invincible. I had uh, Friday Night Lights. But my go-to movie had to be Rudy. Show of hands, who's seen Rudy here before? Yeah, it's a classic. Rudy is not just a football movie. It's a movie about life itself, right? It's an inspirational film. And for those of you who don't know Rudy, Rudy is a true story about a guy named Daniel Eugene Rudiger. He grew up in a small town in Illinois, and his dream was to finally play for Notre Dame. Tough goal. So Rudy had to go through all kinds of challenges uh, to accomplish his goal. He was the smallest guy on his football team, but he had the biggest heart, right? And so he had to quit his job first at a steel mill. He moved to Notre Dame just to find out that he didn't get accepted in the school. His grades weren't good enough. So he had to go down to Holy Cross Catholic College and hopefully get his grades up so he could transfer over to Notre Dame. So when he did that, um, he found out through a tutor that he has dyslexia. And dyslexia is a learning disability, so despite the challenge of dyslexia, he still got on roll, and he transferred over to Notre Dame and got accepted. So he goes back home to his family, and he's so excited, he's super jazzed up about it, and he goes back home to his family, and they ridicule him. They make him into a joke. Oh, you think you're better than us, Rudy? Yeah, you're a college boy now. And not just that, he finds out that his fiance is having a romantic relationship with his older brother. He's crushed. So he goes back to Notre Dame. His heart is sunk. He's broke. He gets a janitor's job, sleeps in the janitor's office just to pay for school. And on top of that, he has to uh, try to make the practice team. So he runs after the coaches after every practice. Finally, he barely makes it on the practice team just to get beaten up, hoping that one, one day he can finally be on the field, dress in those gold helmets. That's his goal. But when I see Rudy, when we see his story, 
Well, we see something we all want, right? He's determined. He doesn't quit. He's got drive. He wants to go through the hard stuff and tune the critics out. Rudy refuses to be counted out. I think the best of us, you know, we fall into the trap of counting ourselves out sometimes. Maybe we wanted to try out for that team, but we just didn't think we were talented enough. We didn't want to go into those coach politics, right? Or maybe we, we knew we really should try out for this audition, but oh, you get all nervous and your stomach starts to hurt. You think, oh, if I put myself out there, I might get made fun of, so I shouldn't try out. Or maybe some of us, we had that date with that special someone and it went so well and we're about to dial the phone, we're about to call them up, but then we think, no, they're out of our league, they're out of my league, I can't, I can't call them up. You know, the great philosopher, Katy Perry once said, <laughs> they're the one that got away. It's deep. But we've all had regrets, we've all been there, right? We've all fell into the trap of counting ourselves out. We've all made that list of reasons why we don't belong. We're our own worst critic. But have you ever made that list when it comes to your relationship with God? Have you ever made that uh, list when it comes to your relationship with Jesus? Have you ever counted yourself at a church or in your relationship with him? Or worse, have you ever counted someone else out of their relationship with God? Today we're going to look at Luke 19. We're continuing in our Overgrown series, and we're going to look at a man who has just about every reason to count himself out of a relationship with God and even his own people. So let's open up to Luke 19, where we're going to be continuing in our Overgrown series. Starting in verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So the first thing that should stand out to us here is that Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector, and he's very rich. This is where all the good Jews in the crowd would start shuddering and disgust. Oh, tax collector. Because as we know in Luke, the Jews hate tax collectors. Tax collectors like Zacchaeus are Jews who had to get a set amount of money for the Roman Empire, and sometimes they'd raise the rate a little bit so that they could keep some in their pockets for themselves, right? So these tax collectors, they're bad guys. They're not just bad, they're traitors of their own people. And Zacchaeus is the worst of the worst. He's the chief tax collector. But there's a big part of me that really wants to know more about Zacchaeus. I mean, we don't get any backdrop. I imagine that life has been really hard for Zacchaeus. Maybe he's a calloused and angry individual. Right? I could imagine Zacchaeus might be the one who gets picked last at recess growing up. Or maybe he's the one that's on the bottom of too many pig piles and he's gasping and wheezing for breath. Maybe he was at the uh, brunt end of too many wet willies, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, or too many wedgies. Maybe he was hazed growing up. <laughs> Maybe Zacchaeus was the one that always got overlooked by the coach in the fourth quarter 
when they had that comfortable lead and he forgot to put Zacchaeus in. That stinks. I could picture Zacchaeus might have been the Rudy who was pushed down one too many times and maybe he got fed up after a while. See, when I look at it from that lens, becoming a tax collector makes a lot of sense, right? This would be the perfect opportunity to get back at all those people who put him down, especially with the superpower now of Rome at his back. But what's his reward? Money, power, fear. But at what cost? Being despised by your own people? A traitor? Deep down, I'm guessing Zacchaeus lived a pretty sad and lonely life. A life in need of a fresh start. A life to be seen as something other than a traitor. So here comes Jesus, walking down the street, big crowd, and Zacchaeus finally sees his opportunity for a new start. Let's look at verse 4. It says, So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. This is one of my favorite scenes in all of Luke. Because in this day and age, it would have been custom for Jewish men to walk very slowly as a sign of dignity, kind of like an Abercrombie model. <laughs> and they would walk very slowly as a sign of dignity. And in fact, in order to run in this time, the men would have to lift up their tunics to run so that they could get headway. And they'd have to expose their thighs. And in this day and age, exposing your legs as a man, and I wish it was like this now, it was a sign of humiliation. <laughs> so he has to expose his pasty white th thighs to run down the street in front of all the people who fear him and respect him. Just to do what? The most iconic and childlike picture in all of scripture, he climbs the sycamore fig tree. Do you get the sense that Zacchaeus sees his window of opportunity beginning to close? that this is his chance to see Jesus? I do. So here's Zacchaeus, cheek pressed up against the sycamore fig branch, hoping that Jesus is going to see him so he gets his second chance. Let's pick up in the next verse, in verse 5. It says, When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, Come down. I must be a guest at your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be a guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. First of all, we can't let this slide. Jesus just invited himself over someone else's house. So I don't think I've ever done that. And when I thought of doing that, I just had this PTSD episode of just my mom and her reaction of how she would act if she knew I invited myself over someone else's house and it would not be good. I'm going to tell you that right now. That would not end well for me. But I think we can all learn something from Zacchaeus' example here. Jesus is showing us what it looks like to actively pursue someone to love. Sometimes I think it's hard to initiate as Christians, to actively pursue someone. I know for me, it's very easy to, to pray about that opportunity, right? Oh, God, 
just put uh, Susie in my life. I really want an opportunity to, uh, to minister to her. But God, don't make it awkward. And, and also, God, can you have her initiate the conversation, please? And you know how I feel about conflict, God. I don't, I don't want to bring up all that Christ, Christian stuff. It's, it's weird. And before we know it, our window is closed, right? I can think of plenty of opportunities in my life where I saw a wide open window, but I didn't seize the opportunity to minister to someone. And Jesus sees this window of opportunity, and he seizes it. Right? Everyone around Jesus knows that hanging out with Zacchaeus, it's a bad call. He's a bad dude, except for Jesus himself. Here's wee little Zacchaeus, wee little man, sinful, but Jesus sees him filled with love and grace and says, I accept you. I love you. You're in. I love that. Jesus refuses to count anyone out of his kingdom. And because of that, Zacchaeus is able to respond in a way that he has been longing for. He's able to redeem himself. So let's keep looking at verse 8 and see how Zacchaeus responds. It says, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated anyone on their taxes, I'll give them four times as much back. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save those who are lost. Wow. So here's Zacchaeus, the villain of the story, the one who everyone counted out, and he has the greatest response in all of Luke. And why? If you remember back a few weeks ago, Adam talked about the prodigal son, and the younger son in the story, he's the one who rejects the father, but he's received home with welcoming arms. Zacchaeus here, he embodies the prodigal son. And unlike the rich young ruler that we learned about last week, he tries to earn his standing before God. But Zacchaeus knows there's nothing, nothing he can do to deserve the grace of God. See, when you understand there's nothing you can do to deserve God's grace, that's when you respond to it in the most appropriate ways. And I think that's why Zacchaeus is so moved by Jesus' grace that what he can't help but to pull out his wallet and just start giving everything away, right? He just starts giving all of his money away because he realizes that if he's not counted out from God's kingdom, no one gets counted out and left on the sideline. So let's watch a clip from the movie Rudy. It's my favorite clip. So Rudy finds out that he's been on the practice squad. He finds out that he is not going to get listed to play. It's his senior year, it's his last game, and he finds out, oh, I don't get to play. He's mad, he wants to quit the team. But then all of the starters on the team, starting with the captain, they lay down their jerseys one by one and say, put Rudy in my place to the coach. 
put Rudy in my place. And here is a scene that we get to watch. Rudy gets to play. He gets his chance to be on the field. And in this, in this scene, we get to see how much Rudy, like Zacchaeus, gets to respond to his opportunity of grace. So let's watch this awesome clip. So they say that uh, the Titanic makes women cry. Rudy makes grown men cry. Yeah, it's so good. I, I'll not going to lie to you. I was watching that earlier this week. I might have had some tears coming down. <laughs> but when I see that clip, I think of Zacchaeus, who's overlooked by everyone, including himself. But by the grace of Jesus, is given a second chance to take the field. So maybe some of you here today might feel like Zacchaeus. Maybe you're not a uh, tax-collecting trader, but maybe you feel counted out of the church or your relationship with God. Maybe you feel like you've sinned too badly, or maybe you feel like you've had too many obstacles in your life. I don't know, maybe it's a rough home life, bad physical health, or death of a loved one. Because of that, you feel like you're in the dumps. If that's the case, my dream is that you would feel willing to accept Jesus' invitation to be put in the game. Maybe that looks like talking to me or the elders about baptism or learning more about Jesus, Jesus through our growth track. You can do that. Because Jesus' grace is for everyone. 
But maybe you're on the other end of the stick. Maybe you're like me and you resonate with the other people in the story who count Zacchaeus out. If that's the case, my dream is that we would be like Jesus who refuses to count anyone out of the kingdom of God by relentlessly pursuing people to love. And that Jesus would, and that we'd be like Jesus, we'd seize those opportunities, right? In our families, friends, in our communities. Everyone needs to know Jesus' grace. Who knows how many men and women are here in Franklin, Tennessee, or greater Nashville, who are just waiting for the salvation that Jesus has to offer. Who knows how many people are longing to be put on the field, like Zacchaeus, for their chance to play. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and we just thank you for a beautiful day. God, I'm so thankful for just how sunny and <laughs> warm and awesome Nashville is. But God, thank you for the opportunity to be a player for the kingdom of God. God, I pray that we would look at Zacchaeus's response to grace, response to your love, and that we would be inspired that we would feel like little Rudy's in our community who just want to show you what we've got, how thankful we are for your grace. God, when we realize we don't deserve it, and we don't, that's when we respond to it in the best ways. Be with us, strengthen us through your Holy Spirit. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're now going to be going into a time of communion. And as we go into our communion time, I want you to feel encouraged to pray for someone next to you. Maybe someone near you needs grace. Maybe you feel counted out for one reason or another. But what I love about communion is it's a time where we're remembering Jesus' body and blood, his sacrifice for us. And it's a great remembrance that no one gets counted out of the kingdom of God. It's a victorious time. So there's communion on the side and in the back here. Feel free to take some.